Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome once again to the Unbroken Ground. This is episode 47. Thank you for joining me. If this is um, somewhere around your first time or um, if you've been here for all 46 other episodes, including all of the bonus things we did and have done over the past couple of months, year, it's almost been a year, um, then... Uh, Either way, glad you're here. My name is Paul, and and uh, I will be your uh, guide on this journey uh, of a podcast. Um, so it's quite fun. Uh, I have um, the final. These are 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52 would be a year of podcast. So I actually know what the f- final episodes are going to be. Um, and I can tell you them. Um, so this one is actually going to be about silence. Uh, the next week we're going to talk about darkness, uh, and then we're going to do four, uh, Advent podcasts. So if you've ever been part of the Advent, um, tradition, uh, it was something that my church did growing up, um, but never really kind of understood it. And, um, so yeah, it'll be something that that I'll be talking about the four different weeks of Advent. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so, but this one, uh, as I said, is going to be about silence, and I want to address a few things about silence, and yeah, go from there. So, if you have any questions, always you can follow along at the, on our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground. Um, you can also find us in threads and also on Instagram at the unbroken ground. And yeah, so if you have questions or suggestions, those are the places you could connect with me there. We also have email at the unbroken ground at gmail.com. So yeah, let's jump in on silence. So as we think about the start of the holidays, um, we're here, you know, we're here with looking at um, December, just a couple of weeks away. Um, we're looking at the, the again, the, the Advent season started. Um, I wanted to kind of think through some big themes that are not necessarily addressed in the Advent, but I think uh, have a very impactful, or at least for me, have a very interesting, impactful thing to look into. Um, and the first one is is the big theme of silence. Um, and so I am haven't unpacked everything. I spent some time on Saturday just writing about it. Um, might might put put that into a blog later. I don't know. Um, I was just doing some free writing and just kind of writing down some thoughts about it. So um, that might show up on the Patheos uh, blog, but but if either way, um, it is going to be what we talk about today. And one of the things that I want to bring to attention is that if you read through things like the Book of the Psalms, if you read through that, which are the prayer, the prayer, the the example prayers and the example praise songs or worship songs of the God, the people of God, um, prior to Jesus being on the earth, and then Jesus used them as well. Um, there are actually passages that point to a uh, person's life when they are um, distant or are going through a period of not hearing from God. Um, and we're going to unpack that a little bit more, but, but just for example, Psalm 22, which is, which is a famous Psalm because that is a Psalm that Jesus quotes on the cross. 
Um, just before he says it's finished, he says, my God, my God, um, why have you forsaken me? Which is Psalm 22, verse 1. Um, and again, this is these are the... Uh, prayers of God's people, like God, God, God directed the these these prayers to be put in the Bible, so that future generations, so that current generations, the people who were current when they were written the, and sung and and when they were talked about and 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 but way back in ancient days, and and now even up to us would have this record, and I think it's an important one. So this is what Psalm 22, uh, we'll do verses 1 through, um, oh, let's just do the first five. This is this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night but I find no rest. And, and this is what I, I think, I mean, for there, that if we just stopped it, that's verse two into verse two. Um, that is a very raw and real thing to say to God. God, you have forsaken me. Um, and yes, there is a, um, uh, I guess a picture that's being painted uh, to a future use of that when when Jesus comes along and and says that, but there's also just a it's it's a descriptive time in a follower's life, and and this is not the only psalm that has this kind of language in it. So so it's not like it's like oh well that's not going to be very often or that's not ever going to happen because it's 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 barely in the psalms if you read to the psalms there are very much these honest prayers a lot of times it's god you've you've forsaken me god why have you um, allowed these bad things to happen to me god why um, are the righteous suffering and the unrighteous why are they prospering um those are all the things in there so verse one and two is a very honest gut-wrenching cry to say god i have cried out day and night and yet you don't answer um i cry out by night and yet i find no rest so so keep that in mind uh, you know, file that away. We'll come back to that. Um, this is where it continues on, and 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 this is a this is a very uh, common theme in in prayers and songs that you find in the book of Psalm, book of Psalms here. Uh, so it says this in verse three. It says, "We yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In your ancestors put their in you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved." In you, they were tr- they trusted and were not put to shame. And so that's that's through five. Uh, I don't. Th- I think yeah. I think that's a good place to kind of stop and just kind of take um, our uh, stock uh, of what we're what we're doing here. What we're talking about um, because I think it suits the theme well. And the idea, the theme of this, I think, is that. Um, there is going to be a point in a mature Christian's life when that you will experience a time where it seems like God has gone silent. There's going to be a, a time when God 
allows your emotions and and your brain and and everything that to to believe um, that you have been abandoned and it's 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 part of this walk and what it means to follow God because it it's 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 at that point that we really begin to form an idea of what it is or why it is that we follow Jesus because it, when you when when you only always when when you only always have an easy time of it um your roots are not very deep and and it's in the time of of hardship and even the time of silence that your roots begin to grow that that you have to figure out what it means to trust in God and one of the tools that, that God uses to bring out trust from us as humans is silence. I think that uh, I think back to um, one of the podcasts I've done where where Jesus was um, at talking about prayer, uh, and it, and it's such a it's such an interesting way to describe because Jesus again he uses this idea he says. Um, if you are visited by someone late at night and you don't have food for that visitor, you'll go over to your neighbor and you'll knock on the door and ask. And the neighbor will say, "Well, oh, well, I've uh, I've already I'm in bed. The kids are in bed. Don't bother me." And yet, yet the neighbor will get you some bread, not because they are are wanting to be neighborly and to serve you, uh, because you were, but because you annoyed them, because you were persistent. And and I think that. There is a sense for a, a deeper walk with Jesus um, that means that you have to go beyond a base level that where you say, oh, I, I, I pray for it and I get my prayers answered. I, um, I, I, God is my, God is my Jehovah Jireh. He's the, he's my, my, my provider. He's my healer. Um, Every time I pray and ask for it, he does it. And there is a, there's a level of connection and relationship that, that becomes, that, that gets developed when that doesn't happen. When, when the answer is, is silence. And we struggle with silence. I thought about just seeing how long I could just start this podcast uh, in between the introduction and, and actually talking about it, just like leaving silence and how, how many of you uh, would wait like a minute would think, Oh, did something go wrong? I mean, would silence unnerves us and, and we try, a lot of us try to avoid it. You know, if you're in a car ride, then you have a podcast going, which if you listen to my podcast, you know, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I, I may just fill the, the role of noise. I, I, I create noise for you so that, that you don't have to sit in silence because um, you're uncomfortable with that. Um, or you put music on or you will um, 
you know, when you're at home and, and nobody else is home, you'll turn on the TV, not because you necessarily want to watch the show. But, I mean, you may not even be paying attention to it, but the background noise is enough to drown out the, the silence that kind of unsettles us. And, and I think that, that part of that is, is that silence makes us think about uh, the brokenness first of our relationships. Um, you know, one of the, uh, the classic husband and wife arguments is, and battles is, is, you know, give them the silent treatment that a wife would, um, ignore or not talk to her, her husband, uh, to show her disapproval or anger. And, and I think the question that, that then comes to our mind, because, because we're human and because we don't actually know how to relate to God other than the human ways that we relate to God. And we try to actually fit God into a, a very human, um, style box, um, that I think that the question sometimes we have is, is, is God, is God giving me the silent treatment? Is God, is God angry with me? And so he won't talk. He won't interact. He won't hear my prayers. He has, as Psalm 22 says, he has forsaken me. And it may fully feel like that. Um, even even Mother Teresa, who was a who who is a saint, I think I, I can't remember if she got accepted in a sainthood or not. There's a lot of crazy things surrounding that that have to happen, um, but I'm not going to knock it because it's not not my uh, cup of tea style. But I'm not saying that it's that they're not following Jesus, um, and I'm not saying that whatever they say happened happened or didn't happen. But um, even Mother Teresa, who 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 was such a sacrificial person. She, you know, she went to go live um, amongst the most unlovable people, talked about the dark night of the soul. This, this idea that at some point you, um, you lose connection with God and you begin to wonder if God will ever speak again. And for the for the people of God, in between the Old Testament, the last prophet, and the New Testament, the return, the coming of Jesus, the John the and John the Baptist, um, it's it's generally accepted that there was about four hundred years of silence where God did not speak. He there was no there was no scripture created uh, or written down during that time, and um, generations. Like whole generations went by having heard about who God was, but never hearing from God. They went whole generations hearing about what their ancestors would say. God is, is this, he is faithful. He never abandoned. He's, he's the one who fights our battles to hearing about that, to, to living a reality where they have never had that opportunity to hear God's voice to hear God, to see God doing something in the midst of their country, in the midst of their lives, in the midst of their family. So 400 years, that, that is longer than the United States have, has even been around. So, I mean, just imagine how many generations that have lived in the United States since it became a country. Um, 
and and then realize that about twice, well, not quite twice that, but close to twice that generation lived in this period of silence and anticipation. They knew they they knew that God had promised that that there would be a Messiah. And so they they waited and they watched and and yet they had to get on with living life. Uh, because by all uh, intents and purposes and um, all of that, um, he just didn't show up. And and you can't, I mean, how long can you wait? How long can you just wait around? And so the people of God kind of moved on and did did what they normally do, which is, is go through the cycles of sin and repentance and um, there were even some false prophets, false false new messiahs who started rebellions out in the wilderness and died and and got or were killed by the Romans, uh, and so there was that was the kind of scene that that we think of, uh, or at least that's the setup for the arrival of Jesus. Is four hundred years of God being silent. 400 years. Four hundred years of silence. God at work, but God not out in the opening working. God not God, God not blatantly being out. Instead moving in the background amongst people, creating, preparing making ready the way so that one day we would have what we celebrate Christmas for, which is the birth of Jesus. But there were there were lives, generations of lives who got married, had babies, those babies grew up, got married, had babies. I mean, it, it was a very, very long time. And, and the people of God held on to this, this hope. But one of the things I think, again, to, to bring back to kind of the first idea here, is that silence is a representation of the brokenness that we have in our hearts and in our relationships. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing that they did was hid. The first thing that they did was hid from God. Adam and Eve sinned, and then they hid from God. And so the God had to seek them out. He had to call out to them. God had this this normal had this normal activity of walking through the garden, and he did not need to call out to find where Adam and Eve were. And yet here the brokenness enters in, and so the, there's no longer this this relationship. The relationship is broken, and God God calls has to call out, and and Adam has to answer for his sin. And then, because of that sin, Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. No more daily walks with God. No more nightly strolls, evening evening strolls before and as the stars come out. Instead, they got kicked out. They they were 
they were they 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 experienced the brokenness of their relationship with God. And um it it hasn't super changed. Because when we when we decide to do things on our own, a lot of times God is silent. When we decide to do things that are against God's will, a lot of times God will allow us to do that. Because in order to have free love, in order to be able to freely express love for God, which and have faith in God, which are two things that God truly values, in order for that to happen, there has to be the freedom to, to, to reject God, to, to hate God. And, and because we have that freedom, then, then there is the uh, very real possibility that there is a brokenness that happens in our, our relationships and our communications with God. And, and so because of that, we experience silence. But... As I talked about last week, the cool thing or the wonderful thing about God is that when we repent and we, we start heading back towards God, then he runs and picks us up. But there's another type of silence. It's not a silence born of sin, but it's a silence born of growth. There's a silence that's like God wants to grow you, and so he's going to make you work to connect with him. When we when we first talk out on the walk, we we, we talk to youth, then we talk to you know people that first start into to their follow Jesus. They're like, oh, this is so Jesus is is so easy. He's always there for you. But in the back of their heads, we have to be thinking, or at least I do, of of like, yeah, but it, it can be hard too. And I think that's why. Um, God and Jesus are so concerned about the community that you live in. Because when God goes silent for us, um, we need that reminder that he's not silent for everybody. We need that reminder, although he was for 400 years. He didn't, he didn't, he was silent. He didn't do a lot of the things that he'd been doing. And, and so we need that community reminder that if, even if I can't see what he's doing, I know that he's at work. And then even on top of that, we can see what he's doing in other people's lives. And, and, and there's, there's this test of faithfulness because God, God doesn't call us to be successful. He doesn't call us to be um, like kingdom builders in the sense of like we're the ones that are, that are making the, the building happen. Instead, he calls us to be faithful workers. And God is the one who will raise up the building, raise up the people, raise up the leaders, or he won't. Your job is just to serve faithfully. And, and if you do that, then you grow in maturity. Because when you serve faithfully, you learn what it means to truly follow God. But silence, silence is so hard. Because we, we just, we, a lot of times we need to, to try and interpret it. We need to try to understand it. We need to try to name it. We need to try to to come up with the five steps to get rid of it. We need to 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 um, have a 
an, uh, an exorcism of our sin. Uh, we need to fight against. We but but all of those things can contribute to it, uh, to God being silent. But I think an important thing to remind to remember is that sometimes God is silent to see what we will do, to see how we will react, to see what we will say, what we will think, and what we will do. What will we tell other people? And so silence is often a tool that God uses to strengthen us spiritually. But we don't like silence. Um, Silence is so hard for us because silence allows us to start to re- to really do some soul searching and to to let in all of the all of the things that we've tried to keep out um, that we didn't want to think about that we didn't want to focus on. Um, silence is one of those things that allows the doors to open in our brains to think about those things. Silence is also hard because it means it represents the loss of a loved one, a friend. We'll never hear that voice, that brain, that person making the same comment, making the same mistake. We'll never hear that again. We'll never hear our grandparents or maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's an aunt, maybe it's a, a, just a family friend who was so present as we think about these holiday gatherings, who was so present and now is gone. And so we we struggle because silence is, is also just a part of grief. It's a part of loss. It's a part of the fact that, that even though God is with us till the end of the ages, as Jesus says, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. There are times that we just feel so alone. And, and we, we feel like Psalm, like David in Psalm 22 when we say, God, I cry out to you day after day, moment after moment, minute after minute, God, I am crying out to you and you are not hearing my call. You're not responding. You're on the throne, God, but, but the, the wrong, the, the bad guys are winning. If we put it that way, the unrighteous are are prospering and the righteous are are poor. God, how how can this be when your word says that that's not what's supposed to happen? And so there there becomes a uh, a real choice for us, a real choice to learn how to be faithful. And content in both the good times where it's easy. Oh, it's so easy. You're on top of the world. You think you've got it all figured out. Nothing's throwing you for a loop. You you know, health is fine. It's so easy. And then everything crashes down. And what do you do? How do you keep faith? How do you keep hope? How in the midst of the silence... When everything around you is falling apart, how do you still believe? There's a 
there's a question that always hangs over our heads, I think. When we're thinking about this idea of silence and, and questions that Jesus asks and those type of things, there's a question that hangs over our heads. And I think the question is, how do you know that you can trust God? How do you know you can trust God? How do you know, even if God was silent for 400 years, that he has a good plan, that he's a good father, that he is, he is on the move and he's about to do something that the world's never seen before. Yet, how would you know? And, and I think that... Um, I, I think that that is one of the hardest ideas for us to cope with. Because we really like the good God stories where it's like, oh, I had this need and God met me. Oh, I had this cancer and God, we went back and, and they did an x-ray and it was gone. But, uh, and, and I, I think I talked, I know I did a, I did a Pathios blog about this, but I think there's just uh, a resistance in me that builds up. For whatever reason, and and one of the the songs, one of the songs of the, this year that I've listened to, that I really love, is called "Kind," by Corey Asbury, and uh, he's the same guy who wrote um, "Reckless Love." And I know that there's lots of people that go, "Oh, God's love's not reckless. We can't say that." And I, that's what you can have that opinion. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to battle you on it. Um, I have a different opinion. I have. Um, I, I think it goes along with trying to, what I was saying earlier, was just, just trying to understand a God in human terms when God is not a, God is not a human. And, and all we can do is use um, our human words and our human concepts and our human brains to try to understand him. But, but he is so far beyond and above that um, that, that he, is, he is beyond that. And so, so that's, that's, that's free. That's not even about, so there's a song called Kind, and, and, it, and it just starts off with just a, a real punch in your gut. Um, it says this, it says, uh, sometimes babies die, sometimes marriages fail. Those things that we pray for, sometimes they just don't, they just don't happen. And, and then we try to begin like this forensic search. It's like, am I, did I just not have enough faith? Was I just not good enough? Was, was, was God, what's going on? Like, how come, how come you didn't answer my prayer? Often Jesus is, not often, but sometimes Jesus has asked that question. One of them would be in time when Mary and Martha found him and said, you know, my, Lazarus is dead. If you'd just been here a few days earlier, Lord, you could have saved him. It says Jesus wept to hear the brokenness and the hurt in their hearts and their in their voices. He wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. But he wept. And and I think that 
when we're when we're left holding trying to hold together a faithful understanding of who God is who Jesus what Jesus says what Paul says in the in the New Testament about more than conquerors and there's no weapon formed against us that can prosper and and we have all we have the keys that open to all riches and all blessings and and all of them waiting for us and and yet when we look at the world and we realize that sometimes little innocent babies die they get sick and no prayer save them sometimes two people decide they can't stay married anymore and and no amount of prayer or bible study or or singing worship songs or going to church or pretending makes it better or mends it they just decide it's not going to happen and what do we do with that how do we find an answer in that kind of silence or or in that kind of god saying no I'm not going to heal you. I'm not going to heal your child. I'm not going to heal your marriage. What do we What do we say? One of the things that that holidays really create that a lot of times people don't remember or don't understand or just kind of forget. I mean, I guess that's not remembering, but it's not on purpose. But holidays are some of the hardest times for people. For those that have lost loved ones, there's silence because they'll never hear from those people again. Some some people who were married for 40 years and they lose their spouse and now um, they try to go through life and and go through holidays and they and all of the memories are so great but they also just remind you that that person is gone and 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 it brings up the silence of that person's presence they, the words that they would have said the things they would have said the the space they would have taken up is 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 deep and it rages and hurt And so the silence is brokenness, it's death. And so on holidays, we, there are people who grieve. And, and that's okay. Like, grief is okay. Like, if you read through the Psalms, grief is, is healthy. And it's actually healthy to grieve. It's, half, it's healthy to mourn. It's healthy to express our true feelings to God. Because God is bigger than that. Now we have to accept that God may not leave us that way, but 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 we don't have to be afraid to tell God how we really feel about things. God already knows. You you can't hide things from God. So let's be honest. And one of those things is that holidays hurt for a lot of people. They they for for many people they bring back the joys and they think about all oh, the the family gatherings and Thanksgiving and all the food and and gathering together. But they also bring back a, a, a side um, of all the people who are now dead, that, that, that have passed. And, and the holes that they leave in our lives and the silence that they leave because they, they won't be speaking any longer. 
They won't have any new things to say. We'll only have the memories. And that silence can be heavy. And it can just rest on the heart and weigh you down. It's interesting that, to me, it's interesting that Jesus goes to the garden to pray. And he prays. And he's he's in desperate situation. And he says, God, if you could take this cup from me, please do so, but not my will, but yours. There are times when Jesus gets baptized is the most famous one where God responds. When they're when when Peter and John are with Jesus and on the Mount of Transfiguration, there's the thunder and God responds. But when Jesus was in his darkest night, his darkest place, his darkest terror, feeling all the feelings that a human would the night before his death, the night before his suffering, he cries out to God. And we have no record of God answering. So if you find yourself in a difficult place, having a hard time with the silence, struggling with a lack of answers, missing uh, that response that you were hoping to get from God. Take heart. Because you're just like Jesus. And Jesus understands. I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus says to his, his disciples, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even when it feels like I have, even when you think I've gone silent, I'm still there. Even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, even when you, you can't understand. There's a great, um, there's a great song by Rich Mullins. I'll I'll post a link to it on YouTube or something in my uh, podcast uh, page so that you guys can find it too. But um, it's a, it's a song that he writes called "Hard to Get." Um, it's just it's it's prayer um, to Jesus. It's on the uh, the it's on the uh, oh man I'm forgetting the title of the album. I'll put it in there. It's it's uh, it's on these recordings that he made in this church. They're just demos um, because he it was the last recordings he made before 
uh, he was in a car accident in Illinois and, and passed um, so long ago. Um, but, he, but he just began to just say, he began to think about how different God is and how big God is and how far, far away God is. And then he just began to ask, God, do you, do you care? Do you care? Are you, are you, how does a God who lives in eternity care about me? How does a God who, who's infinite and has all they need, how do you, how do you care about me? Why would you care about me? And and may, maybe you just uh, maybe you're just up there playing hard to get. And I think that um, I think that's a that's that's a question sometimes that we struggle with answering because at, at church we we want to we want to say oh don't worry or it'll be better or, it's going to be it's going to get better and and I do think it will but there's there's going sometimes there's just going to be a struggle what what do you do when your prayers go unanswered what what do you do when what you were hoping for, you don't get. And you, you have Paul, um, who writes so many great and glorious things. I found the secret to contentment. I know how to define joy, whether I have little or a lot. We are more than conquerors. No weapon formed against me can prosper. I know that, that I serve the God of who of all things who can make all things and will will turn all things around and and yet he was also imprisoned and beaten and um eventually killed for his faith what do we how do you find joy and hope that's what I want to look at this next next five podcast although next week we're going to talk about darkness and so it's not going to give a whole lot of answers but I hope that as we walk through Advent together that if you have some of these questions if you find yourself in, in a very similar place that you'll join in and and walk with us walk with me as i walk through the the advent season and see where god takes us and see what god answers and see how god speaks to us i don't want to i i i don't want to leave on such a dark note because i don't want to give the impression that there's no hope but I do want to just go out on that somber note 
a realization that sometimes our growth and following Jesus takes us through this place, this desert, this wilderness, where it just seems like we can't find God. So if you're there, keep going, keep pushing, keep asking questions, keep seeking. Find somebody that will pray with you and for you and, and celebrate the, the small things and, and uh, encourage you. Because God will, God will use those times to do big things. If nothing else, he used those times to shape you to be more like the person he wants you to be. Silence is unsettling. It, it ushers in all of the worries and the anxieties and the hurts and the pains that we have tried to push away. But for this week, for this time, can we embrace it a little bit? Can we seek it? Just to sit in silence and seek who God is, what God is doing, who he is, and ask the hard questions and wait for the good answers. I hope you find some peace this week. hope you find some joy this week. Um, like I say, if you're sorry, that's on a, leaves that on a little bit of a, a, a more somber end note at the end, but um, yeah, this is the journey. I want to, it, the next two are just kind of the, the prior to um, Advent kind of um, vibe uh, feeling. Um, so I want to, I want to, I want to rest and meditate in that in a little bit. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, may God bless you. Hope you have a wonderful week.